let me tell you a campfire story. Not long ago, in a place not far from here, one family's lives would be changed forever. Sitting on the front porch, the family saw a blinding meteor fly over their quaint farmhouse. The children excitedly scrambled out of the yard to get a clearer view of the object blazing through the sky. After the excitement calmed down, everyone retreated into the farmhouse and were beginning to call it a night. A short while later, the family dog alerted them that someone or something was outside. Two of the men went outside to check on the dog when they saw it. Out in the distance was an eerie, faint glow. As the two men's eyes focused on it, they saw a figure. It was a small, humanoid figure. Its skin was gray and devoid of any human pigment. With an oversized head, massive glowing eyes, and arms that almost extended to the ground. The creature approached, and they noticed the moonlight reflected off its skin like it was made of metal. Terrified, the two men grabbed guns and opened fire on the creature, only for the impossible to happen. It dodged almost every bullet, and the bullets that did make contact fell to the ground doing no damage. The men retreated back into the farmhouse, but it was already too late. For over four hours, multiple creatures like the first one they saw laid siege to their farmhouse. Running on the roof, trying to climb in through the windows, they seemed to disappear and reappear in different locations all around the house. One of the little creatures even pulled out the hair of one of the men when he was trying to repel an onslaught of gray, goblin-like entities. Once it calmed down enough, the family made a mad dash to their vehicle, threw it in drive, and roared down the road to the police station. Upon return, the police found a war zone. Bullet holes filled the trees and decimated the windows surrounding the house. Spent cartridges littered the ground near upturned furniture. There was no sign of the otherworldly intruders who caused this mess, except for one oddity. One shot that the men took did not immediately drop to the ground. It hit one of the creatures. In that spot, there was a faint yellow glow to a small patch of grass. What if what I told you wasn't actually a campfire story? What if a family was actually attacked by Little Gray Goblin in rural Kentucky? Join us as we dive into one of the most well-documented alien encounters in history. Grab your headphones and prepare to look at things from the other side. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second episode of the Other Side Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined today by my longest friend, Zach. Hello, everyone. 
I've hyped this up to uh, to Zach for about a week of what we're talking about today. Do you do you have any idea what we're talking about? All right, so we're talking about the Hopkinsville Goblins, which uh, really the most I know about them is essentially they are some kind of alien-like figures um, that I, I know something about them like coming to a family's farm or something and tormenting the family, basically, and, and that was kind of the first sighting of them. And I know that they're pretty near us in real life, and that's that's about it. Yeah, so if you take where we're at in Kentucky, we are about three to four hours away from where this happened. Fairly close, in our backyard. And before we get into this, um, the Hopkinsville Goblins case is also very closely related to a ongoing paranormal investigation right now by greg newkirk and his friends and it's the kentucky goblin investigation and they have a docuseries called hellier and literally they have passed through where we live to go to these different locations where these little creatures that resemble the hopkinsville goblins have been seen so this is the first recorded incident but this is not the only encounter with these goblins in Kentucky. Yeah. Are they, are they seen often or encountered often? From what I can tell. Now, this is going off of personal accounts, Facebook posts, Reddit posts, research done by people that aren't me. They have been seen quite regularly. There's a very chilling story up in Red River Gorge, of a large creature that looks like, I guess, the boss or mother-father figure version of these goblins. And then over in Hellier, Kentucky, they have been spotted coming out of mine shafts. Over in Somerset, Kentucky, there, there's a whole thing with them being at mine shafts there and people worshipping them. There's been encounters in Cave City, Kentucky, and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and depending on who you ask, up in since up past Cincinnati, the Loveland Frogman could be related to this. Wow! So pretty so far it, spread. It's it spans Kentucky and a little bit out outside of it, uh, from what I can tell. You just want me to jump into it? Yeah. Okay. So the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter which has also been referred to as the Hopkinsville Goblins case, the Kelly Greenman case, and most recently, the Kentucky Goblins case, was a close encounter with extraterrestrial beings that happened in 1955 near Kelly, Kentucky, and Hopkinsville, Kentucky. So, ufologists, people who actively study UFOs and alien encounters, regard this as one of the most significant and well-documented cases in the history of recorded UFO and extraterrestrial encounters. And we are three to four hours away from it. Like... Yeah, that's, that sounds uh, pretty terrifying, honestly. Considering the fact that we could go camping or wake up and look out of our window, and we have a 
decent possibility of seeing something like this because of how close we are to it. I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you you don't hear stories like that every day, especially not here. Um, in Kentucky, there's not a whole lot that happens. See, that's the thing, too. Uh, in, before I get into this, I, I do want to reiterate, there's not a lot that happens in Kentucky. It's very just there, you know? It's very normal. Yeah. Very normal. Like, well, there's there's weird stuff, and there's weird lore all through Kentucky. Like, a bunch of Native American tribes wouldn't settle in Kentucky. They would come here to hunt, uh, and they would fight over the land, but they wouldn't settle here because they said this was a place of spirits. And hmm. it's there's a lot of weird stuff around Kentucky, especially in the in the middle, like in the Pennyroyal region, where, I mean, that spans most of the state. That's where most of the weird yeah. stuff happens. But, you know, Kentucky doesn't really have a lot to do. Like, it has national parks and stuff, but it's not like New York with massive cities. It's not Florida yeah, with a no, bunch of beaches. There's yeah, I, there's, there's a no, few there's theme no parks. iconic locations. Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky is just there it's the middle child of states okay so this all started on august 21st 1955 when five adults and seven children came running into the hopkinsville police station claiming that small alien creatures that came from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse and they had been holding them off for a four hours now two of the adults there elmer sutton and billy ray taylor said that they had been shooting at 12 to 15 short dark figures who kept popping up at the doorway or just peeking into the windows now so so they basically were fending off against like these group of aliens that and apparently they came in a spaceship? Their story is their house was being uh, sieged by extraterrestrials. Now, before I get into more details, where are you at on this? Like, 1 to 10, what is your believability that there were Kentucky goblins in Hopkinsville that came from right spaceships? Like, yeah, right now it's probably like a 5 or so. Because... I mean, if if they actually came from spaceships, I find it hard to believe that like any normal like farmers would be able to fend off against aliens, you know, aliens that came in real spaceships. Like, I don't know. Okay, what if they were? What if they're only like three or four feet tall? Like they're coming out here looking like kindergartners. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, if they're really small, they ain't got much strength. They don't have much going for them. That, that's possible. That's that's definitely possible. Tom. Well, after the Hopkinsville police heard this report, these people came in and said, there's aliens at my farmhouse. We have just fended them off with guns for four hours. We need help. The Hopkinsville police, their first thought wasn't that there was aliens. It was that there was a gunfight that was still ongoing out there. So they dispatched four city police, five state troopers, three sheriff's deputies, and four military police from Fort Campbell to go out there and take a look. When that's, these, uh, that's an army. That's an army, yeah. They, they had everything but a partridge in a pear tree going out there. 
When the police arrived, according to police records, the only evidence that they initially found of this alien counter was the Sutton farmhouse riddled in bullet holes with countless bullet holes in the windows, walls, and doors. So, so I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty, pretty hectic fight. I mean, for it to have gone on that long, um, but, but there were no, there was no uh, casualties on either side. <laughs> okay. So when the police showed up, they did not find a alien body, but the story of what happened and some of the things found after the fact has lended credibility to this. Now, before right. I go on any farther, I want you to have a good idea of what these creatures look like. So, they are small humanoid creatures with gray skin that has no human pigment whatsoever like any color that you would think a human being would be it is not that it is gray they have oversized heads massive glowing yellow eyes that cover probably half of their face their oh. arms were so long that they almost touched the ground and they have been said to resemble gremlins because of their size and stature, and they also had ad abnormally large ears. Oh, okay. So that is what this family was facing off against. Yeah, that that sounds very it, to to an extent that sounds very stereotypical alien, like alien that you would see in like a 1950s movie. You know what I mean? But the the like bright yellow eyes and the ears kind of throw me off on that. Yeah, uh, I mean, 1955 was the year this happened. That would have been, you know, drive-in movie theaters. You'd go and you'd yeah. watch space dramas, you know, aliens invading Earth was the main topic. And they'd either be, they'd either look like robots or they would be like the stereotypical gray alien we think of today. I'm going to give you the best play-by-play -play I could find after scouring the internet and buying two or three books about this. So this play-by-play -play comes from Haunted Kentucky, Ghost and Strange Phenomena of the Bluegrass State by Alan Brown. And he starts it with, The Sutton's ordeal began one evening after Mrs. Langford, who was the mother of the guy that owned the house, uh, and her family sat down in the dining room for supper at 7 p.m., Billy Ray Taylor, who was visiting his friend, Lucky Sutton, the son of Mrs. Langford, and his family from Pennsylvania, stepped outside to draw some water from the well. He was filling the pail with water, and he looked up, and he saw a huge metallic craft streak across the sky and vanish behind a tree about a city block away from the house. Billy Ray dropped the water pail and ran back to the house. Little did the Sutton family know that they were about to play a role in the most bizarre episodes in UFO history. Dude went outside to get some water and sees a UFO crash in the tree line. Billy Ray was excited about what he had seen, but no one took his sighting seriously. A few minutes later, 
there was frantic barking from the family dog, and that lent some credibility to Billy Ray's fantastic tale. Grabbing their guns, Billy Ray and Lucky Sutton stepped out into the front door. They walked only a few feet when they saw a strange creature that was approximately three feet tall, slowly walking toward them with its hands up. The men were startled at the sight of the bizarre creature and opened fire. Unfazed, unfazed by the volley of 22 caliber bullets and shotgun pellets, the creature did a backflip and scurried into the woods. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> so they're 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 agile too. I mean, they're the neo like of cryptids. So they were trying were they they had their hands up were they trying to surrender or or come in peace everything i've seen from looking up hopkinsville cases reading all these accounts of crawler like beings in kentucky and even in hellier these little creatures don't talk they kind of chirp from from all i can see maybe the creature was trying to come in peace and i don't know he uh he dodged those bullets though. After firing at the first creature, Billy Ray and Lucky had just managed to stumble back inside the house to try to collect their thoughts when out of nowhere, the small head of one of these creatures appeared at the window. Lucky fired his shotgun at the window, tearing a hole through the screen, after which the men ran out into the yard to check on the condition of the creature, which had appeared to have been thrown backward across the yard by the blast of the shotgun. They yeeted this little alien across their yard with a shotgun blast. So they're standing in front of the household, and they're looking for the creature, and then suddenly, an oversized hand with, with claw-like fingers, reached down from the roof and grabbed a hold of Billy Ray's hair. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> so they, they, they had them surrounded. It gets worse. Like, you think they're just coming, there's only one or two coming at the window. It gets worse. Terrified. After being grabbed by a creature on their roof, the men retreated back into the house and began locking all the doors and windows. By the time they had finished, a small group of creatures had begun to run around the house, peering into all of the windows. Several of them had climbed on the roof and were scuttling around with the apparent intent of scaring the family inside the house. For the next four hours, the men would fire wildly at the creatures when they appeared, and afterward, the men reported that when one of the creatures was shot, it glowed brightly for a few seconds, floated, dropped to all fours, and crawled away. That's there's so much to take in. It it it's like it's like there's nothing movement wise that those aliens can't do, or that they 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 don't they don't have the ability to do. It's it's pretty crazy. Let me add to their like Superman esque powers because they they can apparently float they can dodge bullets they can glow like th this is not in this reporting of it but it is in police reports and a bunch of other books and like local news stories about it so when they would shoot the creatures they would hear like a ting like they were shooting a bucket and the bullets would just drop to the ground 
when they managed to hit them. Oh, wow. So, like, so the, they were just bulletproof, whatever they were. The one that flung backward was, like, the only one that didn't really have that ting to it. Like, it got mm. it got hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And they, they didn't find, like, any DNA or anything, like, like laying around after all of that of, of some kind? That's going to be answered... In, the, in this very next part. Not long after the family made a mad dash to their vehicle so they could go to the police and all the officers showed up, the police expected to find a backyard that was just littered with little green alien corpses. Um, but when they showed up, all they initially discovered was spent shotgun shells and broken windows. According to some reports, though, there was a creature that was knocked to the ground by a bullet. Now, I don't know if that's the one that floated and crawled away or the one that got flung through the window, basically. But in the spot where it was knocked to the ground, they said that there was a fluorescent yellow glow to the grass. It wasn't bright. It wasn't enough that you would immediately notice it. But upon closer inspection, according to one of the officers that was there, it like the grass would glow on like one side but if the other side was pushed down you couldn't see it that's weird so i mean were they able to like take samples of it and and test it well in in almost any case where weird things are found especially in kentucky like the giant like the giant skeletons like the people that were like 10 feet tall that they apparently found toward louisville the government immediately gets involved So if that stuff was taken, it wasn't reported. Yeah, yeah. Some real Area 51 type stuff right there. I mean, we have... I can't remember what it is close to us. Hang on. Let Let me Google it really quick. Okay, yeah. If the military did get involved above us... Well, it's not in, but it's near Dayton, Ohio. So right above Cincinnati... Is the Wright Patterson Air Force Base, according to some people, that is where they actually took whatever crashed at Roswell. We could have some real Area 51 type shit near us. Yeah, yeah, definitely sounds definitely sounds possible. A lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of there may be more things going on than we know. The, the government cover, covers it up. The government covers up so much stuff. Like, I mean, it's yeah. they're just now releasing UFO stuff. Like, this past year has been the most UFO stuff they've released ever. Who knows what they actually know? There's a lot of science coming out that backs up Bob Lazar's claims. And if you don't know who he is, he's the guy who came out to Art Bell on Coast to Coast AM and said that he worked at Area 51 and they were reverse engineering alien spacecraft. And a lot of the things he has said, like he said this back in the 70s, like now... It's coming out that it's true. Like, he's like, oh, we used this type of propulsion system, and back then it didn't exist. And now all these scientists are like, hey, we found a new way to do this. Or uh, he said he used a specific element, too. Element 115 did not exist. Like, it was not discovered when he came out with it, and it was discovered a few years ago. The amount of stuff that either the government knows or they're hiding from us is, is, is extraordinary. At least that's what I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely sounds like it. Now, after this encounter, police didn't find any alien bodies, didn't find a spaceship. So, they're like, these people are lying to us. 
And I don't know if there was going to be a punishment if they found out if they lied or not. But the police do what they do, and they investigated. So what they did is they brought the entire Sutton family and Billy Ray Taylor in for questioning. All of them were questioned separately, and they all gave the exact same story of the encounter, just from their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. They, so, so it, I mean, it definitely sounds like they truly believed whatever they, they think happened. Because, I mean, they all agree. They all saw it the same way. They all saw it, whatever it was. If it was aliens, they all saw an alien. If it was, you know, a creature we don't know about, they all saw it. Like, they saw something, at least. The police even brought in a sketch artist and had the family members describe the creature. One of the sketches was brought to the Sutton household and left on the kitchen table when one of the patriarchs of the Sutton family came back to the house. They saw the picture and freaked out. Like, they lost their mind. And this was just like a simple police sketch. They, they were like, that looks like the thing that we saw. Get rid of it. Yeah. So, so they, they, they freaked out. This is where you go down the rabbit hole a little bit. There were reports that the Air Force conducted an investigation in this encounter. For the longest time, the Air Force denied any involvement or investigation in the Hopkinsville Goblin case. Although, one of the members of the Sutton family said that men in suits who said they were working for the Air Force came to the door of their farmhouse one day and showed them a drawing of the creature that so closely resembled the creatures they had encountered that the only way they could describe the photo or the sketch that they saw was that they would have had to seen the creature to been able to draw it so accurately. That's that's pretty crazy then, because if you got important important people uh, agreeing now that or at least showing them evidence that they're telling the truth, obviously something's going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, the family, they didn't even seek fame from this incident. Like, if you were going to fake something like this, you'd at least, like, try to make money off of it. They refused news reports and interviews. They turned fans away, or, you know, like, people who are in the aliens away from their farm. Like, they were offer money. They're like, let us come look around, and they're no, we want it to put it behind us. We don't want to think about it. Like, they did so, not seek any publicity for this. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like it legitimately traumatized them. Like, they were they were terrified by it. Everyone else, you know, everyone else thought it was so cool and interesting, but they were done. Well, people in the community around them said that they were the type of people that wouldn't call the cops. Like, if they had a problem, they would be digging a hole to bury the problem. They didn't go to the police. Yeah, Yet, they handle all, everything themselves. Yeah, all of them came to the police because they didn't know what was going on. Now, have you ever heard of the 37th parallel theory? Um, it definitely sounds uh, familiar. Like, like, there's a lot of weird things that happen along that along that line, but... Um, I don't know any details, really. Okay. So, the 37th parallel is 
know, the one of the geographic parallels that they use to plot locations on a globe. And it runs right through Hellier, Kentucky, which is where people are currently investigating goblins. It runs right above where we're from. It goes through Somerset, where they're investigating goblins, and it just barely goes across the top of Hopkinsville. It is considered to be America's UFO highway. Now, the, if you plot them on a map, UFO sightings in the U.S., and you take out all of the ones that can be explained by flight logs, like, that is obviously a plane and it's misidentified. That is obviously this, and it's misidentified. Take out the ones you can throw out. All of the ones that you cannot explain, almost all of them, the, the vast majority of them are right along this 37th parallel. Do not so, understand why. Uh, I read something kind of that it might have been like there's an energy to it, um, and I really don't understand that, so I'm not going to try to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> But that's where all these UFO sightings happen. And that's what Billy Ray Taylor said he saw. He said he saw a craft. And it crashed on the property. The creatures came from the location of the crash. And if you want to dig farther into the rabbit hole, in the current Kentucky Goblins case, that I, I'm going to just do a whole episode of the podcast about it later on. The theory is that these creatures live in the Mammoth Cave system, and that is how they've been able to spread around the state of Kentucky so easily, because oh, that wow. cave system runs everywhere in Kentucky. Yeah, that's that's one of, one. it's the biggest cave system in the world, isn't it? Or one I'm of? pretty sure it's the biggest. Yeah. According to one of the, it's either the granddaughter or the great-granddaughter of the Suttons, probably the only person in the family to actually acknowledge the Hopkinsville Goblin case because she wants to keep the story alive. She talked about the family farm because she had been on it. She was actually there toward the back of the farm where Billy Ray Taylor said that he thought a spaceship crashed. There is the entrance to a cave or an old mine. That could be the origin of the current Kentucky Goblins case where these little creatures are coming out of these caves and terrifying people at night. So, I mean, yeah, like that's believable, right? Cuz if you think about um think about the idea of them having glowing eyes and other other abilities around being able to glow and whatnot, like I can imagine them living in caves. And and especially with how small their bodies are, because some places, some places in that cave system can get really tight, I assume. So I can imagine, you know, they need to be small and nimble and agile for that matter to be able to, you know, get through and find their way around. And they're so, backflipping over bullets. Lot of that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm sure you've heard, like, some of the Kentucky urban legends and ghost stories and stuff like that. The ones that I like the most are related to Mammoth Cave. Like, two years ago, someone said that he shot Bigfoot at Mammoth Cave, and they never found a creature. They found a guy who shot a bunch of bullets and said he was trying to shoot Bigfoot. But a lot of weird stuff happens at Mammoth Cave. 
And one of my favorite things is there have been people who have gotten lost in there. They have gotten away from their tour group, they stayed to take a picture, and they went down the wrong corridor, whatever. One of these stories, this person was with a tour group, they turned around to take a picture of something that they wanted to take a picture of, couldn't get to it because you know, few too many people in their group, and they went to catch up, and they went down the wrong passageway in the cave, and they were lost, and they kept looking around, and if you don't know your way around the cave, you're stuck. Like, you, you have to have a lot of luck to get out. They said that in the distance, they saw a light. And it wasn't like a lantern. It wasn't like a flashlight. It was a glow. And they couldn't explain it. It wasn't from a light source that they could see. They just saw a glow. So they followed it because they could see it. And they never got closer to it. It stayed, you know, about the same distance away. And they kept following it. Until eventually they ended up at the entrance of the cave. And they were so far back in the cave, this wasn't the glow from outside. Right. They said it wasn't a flashlight. The glow kept, the glow kept moving ahead of them. Is that what you, yeah, what you mean? Yeah, and it guided them out. And they never yeah. saw what created it. Which there's a bunch of ghost stories and people say there's spirits in the cave. But to, to play devil's advocate, if there are... Little gray creatures wouldn't really be able to see them in the dark if they had the ability to make their skin glow or their eyes were glowing. And they were agile and nimble, and they could basically do whatever they wanted to get from place to place. And when they first encountered humans, they had their hands up, almost in a I surrender, I come in peace type of way. They could be down there trying to help people. Definitely sounds like it. Sounds like... I mean, so far, everything I've heard, it, it sounds like they don't have any real ill intent behind anything. We're going to have to do another separate episode on the whole Hellier thing. But when you get into that, they kind of, they stole someone's dog in oh, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's there to hurt anyone. At least from the Hopkinsville goblin story, it came with its hands up. It wasn't really attacking, and even when it was at the house and getting shot at, it seemed like it was just curious, and it was looking in the window. I mean, it, it had claw-like hands. It could have jumped down and scratched their faces or, like, attacked them. It obviously yeah. had some ability or some armor on because bullets were just dropping off of it, but it didn't. It observed. So... Just a just a check right now. Scale of one to ten. Where are you? Um, I'm at more like a a seven or an eight, maybe. the 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 most confusing part is it almost feels like um maybe even two separate uh species or something. Because why would they at first, you know? In the original farm story, they crashed in a UFO. But then, and like most of these other stories, they're coming from caves and stuff. So, I'm not sure. It, it almost, I don't know, it seems weird. It, it seems weird that they would be flying around when they live in the caves. Well, the, the theory behind it, and this isn't really mainstream, you know, it was kind of promoted by the Hell Your People, kind of accepted by me you know uh, piece and two yep. and two together is that they crashed their ship they didn't have anywhere to go and there was a cave there and they they just went into the cave and 
that's where they are now because they don't have a way out. They don't have oh, a UFO. That's so in that theory, they're they're the original ones in the cave. Yeah. Like wow, okay. Yeah. The Hopkinsville Goblins is the Iron Man one, and then the all the hellier stuff is in game. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I took a big leap there and I probably shouldn't. That's why I need to do a completely separate episode on the entire Hellier phenomenon and why I'm obsessed with it. They, they seem to be related based on the stories, the location, the creatures, and I thought it was important enough to put in this just so you could get like an overarching idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely interesting. They, uh, I mean... I mean, a lot about that makes a lot of sense. Them, their their abilities to get around that cave system uh, and start popping up all around the state. Like, I, I can definitely believe that they they definitely from their description, they sound like the kind of creatures that would be perfect for roaming around that cave system. So yeah, um, you know, a lot about that seems very real, and it even sounds like from all the police reporting and everything, it sounds like everyone involved like really you know believed that that happened you know yeah i mean if i can i can play devil's advocate and this i mean this is probably going to be my cop out for every episode when there's something unexplained and then it gets very popular like i said in the slender man episode the collective thoughts of a community could manifest that into something based on uh you know, the ideas in Tibetan Buddhism behind the Tulpa. So maybe they saw a creature and it's not an alien. But the story has become so mainstream and intertwined in like UFO lore and history, and all these people are reading it. Like, I remember I went to the Scholastic Book Fair when I was in school, and there's a book about like, cryptids it was like cryptozoology the basics or whatever and it was like the third or fourth creature in it was the hopkinsville goblin like even right now above my computer i have a poster and it says the beast of the bluegrass and it has all of the weird creatures that are seen in kentucky and like almost directly in front of my line of sight is the hopkinsville goblins yeah so i'm not saying it's that but could be an explanation. It's 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 the most cop out easy explanation too, if you want to get into something kind of weird, and not acknowledge that it could be an alien or some other creature. It's sure, it, yeah. Also, if I can add something, the Air Force denied that they investigated this at all, even though the family said that they came with that very eerie sketch that looks so much like it that they basically had to see the creature. So the Air Force denied this for the longest time. They were like, we didn't investigate. That's just an urban legend. That's a myth. That's a lie. They released Project Blue Book, which is the basically an encyclopedia of things that the Air Force has looked into that is related to high strangeness, extraterrestrials, paranormal, all these weird things that they have physically looked into. They looked into the Hopkinsville Goblins case. But they came back and said it was a hoax. After saying they didn't investigate it at all, when you do find out they investigated it, they said it was fake. Yeah, that's... 
yeah, that doesn't line up. I mean, if it was truly fake, why wouldn't they have just come out in the first place? Yeah, like if it was fake, why would you be like, oh, we didn't look into it at all? But instead they're like, or if it was fake, why didn't you be like, yeah, we looked into it and it was fake. But instead they're like, nope, we didn't do nothing. Are you trying yeah. to back up the family? They were trying to minimize it or something. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe. Like, I mean, my thing is, I, I mean, I've talked to, about this with other people. I call it the Kentucky News Theory. And if anything happens in Kentucky, like if there's a tornado, if someone sees a UFO, the guy that shot Bigfoot, listen, I could be there and I could be next to a dude who said that he was shooting a Bigfoot. I could be there and I could witness it and I could be clean looking. I could be in a three-piece suit. I could I could look nice. They're going to find the most hick-looking one-tooth person who's dirty, looks like he just came out of the mines. They're going to interview him. He's going to spout some crazy shit. He could have seen Bigfoot with his own eyes, but he's going to come out sounding like Toe Mater from Cars, and everyone's going to doubt him. So they could yeah. have done that. They're like, oh, they're from Kentucky. When they talk, it no. just sounds like they're stupid. That's, I mean, and that's 100% accurate. I mean, you look up almost any news story, and it that happens almost every single time in Kentucky. I really don't get it. So you're at a seven. Yeah, like, yeah, a solid seven. Because the the part that doesn't line up for me is the the whole stuff about the UFO. But I mean, it, it definitely makes sense that they could have been the original. You know, they could have been the the first generation living in those caves. Yeah, and like the ones that are there now that are angry could be like the little incest alien. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me just shit all over your seven right now. Because these are the arguments against it being real. All right. So for one, the Air Force said they investigated and said it was fake. Don't know if you trust the U.S. government. I do not. No, no. no so no, there, no. there's that. Let's throw that one out there for the first one because that's the easiest one. Second, ufologist Jerome Clark wrote that the supposed creatures floated through the trees and the sounds of bullets striking them resembled bullets striking a metal bucket. Clark also talked about the odd luminous patch along the fence where one of the beans had been shot and in the woods beyond a green light whose source, whose source could not be determined. However, the description of the lights is very consistent with foxfire, a bioluminescent fungus that grows on the cane wood. Whoa, okay. So that could yeah. explain away the glowing and the bucket sound I don't know. They never explained that one to me, but if you go to old farms, most of the time, there's just sheets of metal everywhere. Like, if you've ever really noticed, like, they, they I guess they use it to repair the top of their barns and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they have, I mean, a lot of barns around here, at least, have, like, extra sheets of metal everywhere. So, my explanation for that, if we're going to try to disprove it, is that they're hitting that. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're just the bullets just happen to they're not hitting they're not actually hitting the aliens they're straying off and hitting something else yeah like it, i mean it could be deflected could bounce but if it's dark out there and you don't know what what you're going to hit in the back especially um yeah. billy ray taylor cuz he's he was a traveling carney who stopped by he didn't know what was back there he's not from here yeah he didn't live okay. in that house so you know he could be hitting that by accident 
he has no clue what's going on. So, Jerome Clark also wrote, Investigations by police, Air Force officers from nearby Fort Campbell, and civilian ufologists found no evidence of a hoax. However, Brian Dunning, don't know who he is, I think he's a reporter, he reported that the claim that the Air Force investigators showed up the next day at the Sutton household has been published numerous times by later authors, but I could find no corroborating evidence of this from the initial encounter. Dunning also observes that the four military police who accompanied the police officers the night of the event were from an army base, not an air force base. So apparently there was, according to this guy, there was no air force presence at all. I mean, even then though, I mean, why would there be any form of army or military or anything like that showing up? That's, it seems like, it seems a uh, overkill, you know? I mean, they thought there was a shootout, and I, I can kind of get it a little bit. I guess, especially in Kentucky, if there's some form of like a real legitimate shootout going on, that's pretty abnormal. So, yeah, I, I can see that. Also, some ufologists compared the alleged creatures to gremlins, which have since often been referred to as the Hopkinsville goblins in popular culture. Ufologist Alan Henry wrote... This case is distinguished by its duration and also by the number of witnesses involved. So basically the the creatures they're so you they for the time they were so unique. No one had really heard of creatures like this. They were in a firefight for 4 hours and I think there was 7 children and 4 adults. Let me let me scroll up so I can make sure. 5 adults and 7 children. So plenty of people there who supposedly witnessed this that is why it blew up i mean basically their witness testimony is the the reason people believe this and none of them ever came out saying otherwise they never they never said it was fake and they never tried to profit off of it yeah yeah that that's a big big indicator like if we if if you were gonna fake something like oh i killed bigfoot I'm I'm putting that in a freezer and I'm filling it with ice, even if it's fake. And I'm going to travel around every every damn place yeah. I can go. Be like, dollar, you can see Bigfoot's body. Yeah, know? I mean you're you're faking it for for the the spotlight, the fame, the all of that. These people sounded like they were legitimately terrified and and just traumatized. They didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, like they 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 saw something disturbing and they didn't want to think about it again. They were done with it. Yeah. Now, it is possible, and this is a theory that was thrown out, and this is also a big theory and idea in alien lore, which MIT did an experiment, and I have the book, and they also found evidence that kind of supports this. So, it is possible, if not likely, that the aliens were great horned owls, and there is some evidence that the eyewitnesses may have been intoxicated during the alien attack. Now, I'm not going to say they were people in the country in 1955 in Kentucky in a house that I think it didn't even have power. Then. So yeah. they were probably drinking. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Now the thing with the great horn owls 
if you look at a lot of these alien encounters, especially with this study by MIT into people who claim to be abducted by aliens, they claim in a lot of these cases that people will wake up and they will think it was a dream and they'll look out of their window and they will see great horned owls. Now, this can go one or two ways. One way is that they are somehow seeing these owls while still asleep and it's working their way into their dream and they think it's an alien and they think they were abducted. Or two, these owls are something called a screen memory, which is a fake memory that can be implanted in your head to cover up something more disturbing. Like if you see an alien, a gray alien, big eyes, light colored skin, your yeah. brain will be like, oh, nope, don't want to deal with that. <laughs> you saw an owl. It was just yeah. now looking at you. It wasn't an alien. Don't worry. Got you. No, I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely believe that. The brain, the brain does insane things whenever it's under crazy amounts of stress or, or trauma. So I don't know at this point. I don't know who to believe. Yeah, I mean, very much sounds like almost everything about, I mean, their side of the story seems plausible for sure. Like, um, and I mean, the government, you know, uh, denying involvement at first and then saying it's fake. It's like, that's a little, that's a little sus, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's very, very sus. The thing is, if, if this was fake, if, if they fake this, one, why did they fake it? And two, why did they not try to profit off of it? I don't know if this will bump up chances of you being for it or against it. One of the reasons why the Hopkinsville Goblins case became so mainstream again after all of this uh, is that the town of Hopkinsville was like, wow, we're poor. We need a way to bring in money. So the tourism department was like, what's something unique about our town? So they, they tried to find anything. They tried to find an attraction. They tried to find a cool story, a cool house, or something to bring people in. And they found this story, and they have little green men festivals every year to celebrate the anniversary of this. And it brings in yeah. tourism. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, if we're being real, tourism's just tourism, you know? I mean, they they do what they gotta do to get people in their town. I mean, think about Roswell, right? If, like, you know, Roswell has no doubt had, had some crazy stuff go on there, you know? But they, they still, you know, play it up for tourism purposes, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean... Man, I don't know. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I'm also... I don't know. The way the way I put it is I'm a skeptic, but I want to believe. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to doubt a lot of it, but if you can give me evidence, if you can sit something in front of me that's tangible, I'm going to be more inclined to believe it. Like, I'm very interested in it. I, I mean, this is a fascinating story. It's probably going to keep me up at night because I'm going to think I'm going to roll over <laughs> and see a little creature. <laughs> But until I have, like, 
and until I see like the fluorescent glowing spot or I get to shoot at a little alien that sounds like a tin can yeah. uh, i'm I'm not super in the rabbit hole, you know even yeah. with uh even with the hellier stuff which you you know I talk to you all the time I'm basically obsessed with it I follow the story I've tried to do my own research I mean I'm currently Absolutely. working on a YouTube video about it but like until I see a creature or find my own footprint or something tangible other than I've had a string of weird things happen every time I look into this stuff like it's always like a bunch of weird things in a row which we will get into that in the episode solely dedicated to the hell your phenomenon but i i mean i don't have anything really tangible i have weird experiences like i have i think it's two videos on my phone because i've gotten really deep in the rabbit hole and started looking into it twice and like all these weird things happen so i was i like manically made a video uh in the car and i was like oh my god this, I'm, I'm recording this so i remember and i just go through the list of things that happen but that's it that's oh, yeah. like that's okay. that's like the only evidence i have and even then i don't think it's evidence yeah no i'm i'm definitely interested in that then yeah so i think if you're down we can go ahead and confirm that our next episode together will be about hellier if you want yeah, no, I'm I'm down. I'm interested now. Now you now you got me you got me in the rabbit hole, you know. Well, if the Hopkinsville goblins are a real tangible thing, you could go up, you could touch it, you could see it. What do you think they are? Do you think they're alien? Do you think they're some creature that is on Earth that we don't know about? Do you think it's a creature we know about and it had like albinism or some other deformity or something like that um you know I, like i'm a i'm a big believer in aliens I, I like aliens a lot um and i find it you know i would absolutely find it hard to believe that there's no such thing as aliens on earth um probably but this doesn't sound like aliens to me this sounds like some kind of you know goblin like you know, hobbit creatures coming out of the ground or, or something. It sounds like some kind of, um, some kind of creature that would be based on earth. Definitely to me, some kind of, you know, cave dwelling, you know, recluse kind of creature. See, that's what it sounds like to me too. Just yeah. solely based on the attributes, the gray skin, glowing eyes, everything like that. But there's also a part of me, and hear me out before you before you say I'm crazy. So, if they came from a spaceship, they came out, they had their hands up, and they had weird claw-like hands and everything like that, and glowing eyes, and when they were shot, the bullets just fell off of them. And they also had very large ears, by the way. Um, I mentioned that earlier, but that that's one of the attributes you know given to them. What if that is a high-tech alien spacesuit? The glowing eyes, because they were going to a planet that has nighttime, so they needed to be able to see. Maybe their planet was a very low-light or bright-light environment, 
So they needed something to, you know, that was glowing so they could see their way around. The big ears could be some sort of headset. And the reason that the bullets are just hitting the ground when they get shot is they're wearing some sort of spacesuit. Farther, far more advanced than our technology because yeah. you know they have a spaceship and it's like alien Kevlar and it's just stopping the bullets. Yeah, I mean uh, that that would definitely explain a lot more. That would that would put uh, that would piece a lot of it together, um, and I, yeah, I mean that would make sense, and and that could also explain how they could survive like in the caves and whatnot. I truly don't know what it is. I would like to know. I really would. If they ever... I'm not going to say time travel, like us going back in time would be a thing, but if they ever created something that you could look back at some point in history, like even on like a screen, but it actually got you... It was ba it's basically like a live stream of like a historical event. That would probably be the first one I watch. Just to see what was going on. Like, are you, are you a bunch of drunk rednecks out here? having fun with your carny friend and he's telling you tall tales from Pittsburgh or are you, is yeah. there actually a UFO yeah. that's crashed and you're being terrorized by these little goblin like creatures. That's what I want to know. I mean, I want to know that more than I want to know who killed John Benet Ramsey. It was her parents. I mean, yeah, no, I'm that's, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to know. Um, Especially, I don't know, it just sounds really interesting, especially if they're now living on Earth, you know, living living beneath us, you know, that's that could be some, some crazy stuff. Well, if kind of related to it, you look up stuff about Red River Gorge, which I know I mentioned it earlier, that there was a large creature that kind of resembled the Hopkinsville goblins there that was sighted. If you look it up, there's so many people that go missing there. Like, no, right. a lot of people go missing and they're not found. If they're living underground, maybe they got a vendetta. It's definitely possible. Trying to trying to snatch people up and hopefully hopefully they're not uh looking for, you know, taking over the, the above ground. It can't get worse. <laughs> <laughs> it can't get much worse. What if these aliens can cure coronavirus? Let them take over. Oh, let them bring it on. Bring it I'll on. Oppress me, Daddy A. <laughs> yep. Well, I think I think we both have a conclusion on this. I don't want to say real or fake, because this is one that I'm torn on. So I'm gonna go with the Mythbusters rating. Do you think it's fake, real, or plausible? Definitely plausible. That's what that's what I'm gonna go with too. It's so it's so weird and strange that I don't think anyone could make it up. But there's also not enough evidence to support it. You know? Like... Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a lot of sides to it. It's like... Um, there's not a whole lot about it that makes me not believe it. But there's still just a, a general lack of details. And... and uh, a couple things that don't quite line up, like I said, like uh, them things about them being, you know, in a UFO, but then they're also living underground. Like, there's no, it's hard to say that those have any connections, you know, that those kind of things have any connection to each other. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not saying they're the same creatures. Um, sure. Yeah. That that's a theory that I have seen. Again, it was it was popularized kind of by Hellier that it could be related. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's very interesting to me. It's it's a rabbit hole to go down for sure. Um, yeah. But I again, I'm very skeptical when it comes to things. I want. I want flesh and blood in front of me, or I want to see an apparition, yeah. or, or I want, I want to see it. You know, the truth yeah. is out there. I want to believe. Give me something to believe. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I I'm pretty much in the same boat on that. Well, it seems that uh, we've cracked the, the case as much as we can because we weren't there. Next time that we are on here together, we are definitely going to be talking about Hellier, and you can hopefully finally understand why i'm so into it because it's in our backyard yeah it's it's super interesting and and really it could be but with that um zach i appreciate you coming on and being my guest host for this episode yeah absolutely it's uh it's definitely fun i uh i enjoyed talking about this quite a bit i i mean me too i've had fun i had fun researching it too oh yeah uh, I, I know I know you're super into it. <laughs> well, with that, uh, again, I, I think hopefully, hopefully the way I post this, it actually works out, and this is posted a week after the first one, and I stuck to what I said at the end of that. But hopefully I don't regret it when I say it this time. That is all for this week's episode of the Other Side Podcast. Join us next week as we take a look at things from the other side.